We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. When your son is called to fight in the army, it may feel like you and your family are cursed. And what do you do when you've tried everything to break a curse? The only thing left to try is human sacrifice. But that leaves a mess and bodies to dispose of. So when you're a well-respected shop owner with a reputation to uphold, how do you dispose of the bodies of your sacrifices? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? You turn them into soap. Welcome, you spooky little minxes, to this episode, this bonus episode, little cheeky extra episode of Horror House. Um, my name's Amy. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but it is. I, I'm Amy. <laughs> and my name is Tom, I'm fairly certain. Good. It's a good start. Um, and <laughs> you, listener, yes, you listening to this right now, are totally and utterly sick in the head. But that's fine, because so are we. So, you're in good company. Um, Dom, how are you? Are you confused? Has, has my intro left you a bit yes. confuzzled? <laughs> I am befuddled. I am flabbergasted. I am. I've been hoodwinked. I've been run amok. I've been. <laughs> and every other word cool. I can think of. Yeah, this sounds. Uh, I'm good, by the way. I'm good. Um, oh, good. This is a back to back recording. Glad we got that cleared um, up. <laughs> I just rattled that I was not okay, so I thought that I should yeah. clarify that I am okay. I'm just probably best. a bit confused, uh, which is which is actually quite normal. I spend most of my life confused, um, but no, I'm I'm excited to hear about this uh, episode. This is a a double recording for those who don't know. Um, we've just recorded Friday's episode, and I'm, we are very excited for you to hear it because. It's a topic that me and Amy are very interested in. Um, Hell yeah. But nobody gets made into soap in that episode. So I am intrigued. I take it then from from this, you know, confusion that you you haven't heard of the uh, soap maker of Correggio. I have not, no. Then you are in for a treat. sounds fascinating. I'm so glad. I'm in for a treat. I, it's it's so rare that we actually do an episode where I find something that you haven't heard of or you haven't listened to on a different podcast or whatever. I mean, I don't think this case is like gigantically well known. Um, there's not a massive amount yeah. of information about it, but it's one that I think is like super interesting. Honestly, partly because it's a woman, I just have it very often anyway. Um, but just method and this are just you know really prevalent this so I, I wanted to cover it as one of our little bonus episodes just to yeah. do a little bit of something extra for you so i'm glad that you haven't heard of it oh, absolutely and <clears throat> and even more exciting Ames. um <clears throat> unofficially this is your second bonus episode unofficially this is the second <clears throat> one because your first bonus episode we couldn't we couldn't release because we had technical problems, I'm pretty sure. And it's now 
a lost episode. Um, so unofficially, this is your second, but officially, officially, this is your first bonus episode. Ooh. This is so true. And um, I think we should clarify, it's my first lead on a bonus episode. Not my first bonus. Well, yeah, first lead. But yes. They know what I meant. The listeners know what I meant. The listeners knew what you meant. I, I knew what you meant. So therefore, did I even really need to correct anything? <laughs> no, is the answer. But I'm, you know, I'm petty and that's what I do. Um, so no, officially it isn't. But my first yeah. bonus episode is is lost to the true crime podcast void to the world. forever. So it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that this will be the first one because it's, it's hopefully an interesting topic and one that not many people yeah. have heard of. So <laughs> fingers crossed it'll be a fun one. I'm excited. Um, Good. Only we, only we in the true crime sphere could be like, oh, do you know there's a case about people being made into soap? And an acceptable response is, <laughs> I am so excited to hear about this. This is great. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if you're not, if you're not one of us, then you're not going to get it. But hopefully you are, which is why you're here. So <laughs> it's fun. Cool. Should we dive exactly. straight in then? Should exactly. we uh, learn a bit more about the lady yes. herself? Yes. Marvelous. Let's get all sussed and soaped up and listen to this. Let's let's get soapy. I don't let's know get Sorry. <laughs> don't whisper it. Christ. We're getting the wrong <laughs> sort of audience in. Um. All right. Let's, let's dive in. Oh, no. Don't mind. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, this is the sort of thing I charge extra for on my OnlyFans. Um, link in the bio. <laughs> link in the bio. Link in the... <laughs> Sneaky link. Um, okay, so <laughs> Leonardo Cianciulli was born in Montella, Avellino, in what was then the Kingdom of Italy. Um, she had quite a troubled, well, she was quite a troubled youth. And she attempted suicide twice before the age of 17. And in 1917, Chantuli married a registry office clerk, Raphael Pansardi. Her mother did not approve of the marriage, as she had planned to marry her to another man who was offering a dowry. Um, and instead, she married someone that wasn't offering anything. So her mum was a bit, bit peeved about that. Chantuli had claimed that because of this and because of the unhappiness, over the marriage to someone that wasn't offering anything to the family. Um, her mother had cursed her and her husband. Um, and it was this belief that later lead to a lot of the things that we're going to talk about. Um, in 1921, the couple moved to Pansardi's native town of Loria in Potenza, uh, where Chanchuli was sentenced and imprisoned for fraud in 1927. So... Pretty young age. She's already doing a few, few naughty little things. What's a bit of fraud yeah. between friends? We we don't mind fraud. That's... <laughs> fraud is a is a harmless crime. <laughs> I mean, in terms of some of the fraud. things we talk about on here, it's it's really nothing. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um. <laughs> When she was released, the couple moved to Macedonia in Avellina. Um, but after their home was destroyed by the 1930 Erpina earthquake, 
earthquake, I believe is how you pronounce it, Apinia, Apinia. Um, they moved once more back to Correggio, um, where Chanchuli opened a small shop. Um, she was okay. very, very popular. Her shop was very popular and she was very well respected within her local neighborhood. Um, women, you know, often came to the shop just for a chat with her as opposed to, to actually buying anything. Um, and she was quite a popular lady. Chanchuli was, however, very unlucky, um, which, you know, led further to into the belief that she was cursed. Um, she had 17, one seven pregnancies during her marriage, but she lost three of those children to miscarriage. She lost a further 10 who all died in their youth, um, varying reasons, uh, cop death being one of them, just general illnesses that, that weren't, you know, died probably at the time. So she lost a lot of children. And consequently, Chanchili was heavily protective of her four surviving children. Add on top of all of them. Understandable. Obviously, she already believed. Yeah, of course, I think so. Yeah. I think, you know, if, you, if you've lost that many, you've yeah. got a bit of a right to be protective over the remaining four. Yeah, um, yeah 100%. So she already believes that her mother cursed her. But on top of that, um, her fears were fueled by a warning that she had received from a fortune teller who said that she would marry and have children, but that all of the children would die young. She also okay. visited a Romani gypsy who practiced palm reading and who told her, quote, in your right hand, I see prison and in your left hand, a criminal asylum. Okay. That's a nice thing to That's, hear. I mean, a fortune teller, isn't it? Yeah, like, like, you're like, okay, so there's one hand isn't great, but the other hand will be, the other hand will balance it out. It'll be, and then both hands are just a bit, well, it's prison or a mental <laughs> Shit. asylum. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like the yeah. definition of shit in your hands and either way, it's good. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, no. 100%. Bless her. Is what it is. In 1939, which is a year I'm sure will stand out in a lot of people's minds as the start of the Second World War, um, Chanchuli learned that her eldest son and favourite child, not that we're playing favourites, but everyone's got one, her favourite child, <laughs> um, Giuseppe, was going to join the Royal Italian Army in preparation for the Second World War. She was absolutely determined to protect him at all costs. Um, and obviously with all of these things in her mind about being cursed and about what the Romani Gypsy had told her, what the fortune teller had told her, she came to the conclusion that the only way to keep him safe during the war while he was away would require human sacrifice. Right. I'm not really sure what option Natural. she ruled out. Before she got to that point, yeah, because but, you you would, I imagine there's quite a lot that you would rule out before you got to human sacrifice. I can't imagine that that is high on the list of things that you would. That, that's quite low, no. and you eliminate a lot of things before you get to that. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's joining the army, so he's already got a gun. Like in terms of protecting people. That is true. Guns are usually quite high up on that list. It's normally 
your first point of yeah, call yeah. Um, as to how you protect yourself. So she's obviously looked at that and gone, well, that's not enough. You clearly need a bit more help. Um, <laughs> so human sacrifice, that's where we're going to go next. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Straight yeah. gun, human sacrifice. This is the levels of protection. We all know this. You may have. I, know, I don't know why I'm defending her. She's mental. Something that you're missing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, she she decided that human sacrifice was was the way she was going to protect her son naturally. Um, and yeah. Chan absolutely found her victims um, in three middle-aged women, all of whom were her neighbours. The first of Chan victims was Faustina Setti. Um, who was a lifelong spinster and had come to her for help in finding a husband. Again, not 100% sure why you would go to a shop owner to help you find a husband. Presumably, she thought she knew a lot. Also, she thought, I guess this is the, the 1939 of someone going, yeah, yeah you've got any fit mates? Yeah, pretty much. And, th- you know, this is uh, pre, pre-Tinder, pre-Hinge, pre... Well, yeah, um, yeah. No swiping right, so. apps there are. No, sw- no, yeah, that's it. There was no right swiping in 1930. Let's do it the old-fashioned way, which is get me a fella. <laughs> which is go to the shop and ask him, um, <laughs> yeah. which apparently is the only way to get married. Um, <laughs> luckily, Chan Chuli said that she did know of a suitable partner um, in Pula, which was the next town over and asked her to tell absolutely no one of this news. You know, it was important that to be kept secret before they met. Um, she also uh-huh. persuaded Seti to write letters and postcards to relatives and friends. Um, they were going to be mailed once she reached Pola to them know that everything was fine and, and that she was meeting potentially her future husband and love of her life. Okay. Preparing for her departure, Seti came to visit Chanchuli one last time. Um... That was a mistake, I think it's safe to say, because Chanchuli killed her with an axe and dragged the body to a closet where it was cut into nine parts and its blood was gathered in a basin. Yikes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it did a bit, didn't it? Sorry, I have a habit of doing that with my cases. It just goes from naught to dead real fast. Um, But yeah, essentially she killed her. Chanchuli described oh what happened um, in her official statement much later. Um, she says, quote, I threw the pieces into a pot, adding, added seven kilos of caustic soba, soda, sorry, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied into a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin... I waited until it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, eggs, as well as a bit of margarine, kneading all the ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit, though Giuseppe and I, her husband, also ate them. I mean, you've got you've to approve your own, uh, your own creation. <laughs> She is known as the soap maker of Correggio. However, she's also a cannibal. I, I might have forgotten to mention that. Sorry. She, uh, 
she she likes to uh dine on the uh human uh human meat yeah acquired taste not my personal taste <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, it's I a sort of like <laughs> it's like a um a sweet version of mrs lovett um and you know sweeney todd and her meat pies yeah. this is this is the dessert <laughs> you have some blood tea cakes it's yeah. I mean you've got to do you, something um, with them. You you go you go to Miss Lovett and you get a pie. You're like, okay, now I want something a bit sweet. And then you go and visit you go and visit this lovely lady and you go and have your tea cake. And you know, yeah. you're good. Have you some get yourself a bloody tea cake, literally. It's you know <laughs> it's nice. So yeah, that that was what became of Faustina Setti. She was um turned into soap in the septic tank and the rest of her blood was eaten in tea cakes by the local ladies. Um, some sources also recorded that Chianciuli apparently received Seti's life savings, took those out, um, around 30,000 lira um, as a payment for her services, and also was rumoured to have stolen her jewellery and clothes and sold those on as well. So she was really making the most of this first victim, considering yes. that she was doing it to uh, you know, protect her son. There was a tidy bit of profit in it as well. <laughs> comes home from the he comes home from the war and she's got like an entire new wardrobe and he's he's, he's just like yeah so how where where did you where do you why 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 the new wardrobe she's, she's like it was to protect your son you ungrateful don't judge me <laughs> fuck's sake the kids today don't know how good they got it <laughs> this was all for you son she says in her new dress and massive hat yeah, I mean, she's got an interesting approach. But obviously, just one human sacrifice was never going to be enough to protect her favorite son. And that is why Francesca Sawi became her second victim. Chanchini claimed to have found her a job at a school for girls in Piacenza, I believe is how you say that. Um, like Seti, um, Salvi was persuaded to write postcards to all of her friends, her family, um, this time from Correggio, detailing plans, letting them know what she was going to be up to. She was given drugged wine when she came to visit Chanchuli for the last time. Um, and again, was killed with drugs because he gone. She might as well use it, yes. This murder occurred on the 5th of September 1940, so just under a year later. Um, Salvi's body was given the exact same treatment as Seti's, and Chanchuli is said to have obtained another 3,000 lira from this victim as well. So, again, more than profit in, more than getting her a little bit of extra on the side. Presumably, yeah. a clean up cost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, that's it. Definitely, I would say uh, clean up costs 100%. 100%. Definitely. But you know what they say, Dom? You know what they say? about, you know, life circumstances, lucky charms, and human sacrifices, um, you know, three is the magic number. So, Janjuli's third and final victim was the widow, Virginia Cachipo. Cachipo, that's what I'm going to go with. Cachipo. Um, I don't know, that might be completely wrong. If there's any Italians listening, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, you I'm were singing that Scottish. You were I don't know what I'm doing. It's, it's quite. 
<laughs> you were singing that more than you were saying it. It was quite entertaining to listen to. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because Virginia Kachipo, Kachipo um, was a former soprano Kachipo. said to have sung at La Scala. For her, Chan Chuli claimed to have found her work as a secretary for a mysterious impresario in Florence. How glamorous. Um, As with the other, yeah, as with the other two women, she was instructed not to tell a single person where she was going. And I've got to say her name so much. Kachipo agreed. (laughs) Oh, stop laughing. I'm not going to say her name anymore. This is just third victim. Like everyone else, she agreed that she wasn't going to tell anyone. And like everyone else, she came to visit um, Chanchuli for the last time on the 30th of September, 1940. The pattern to the murder was very much the same as the first two. She was given drugged wine and then killed with an axe. However, unlike the first two victims, third victim's body was melted to make soap. And this is where Chanchuli's nickname, pseudonym, I'm not sure what you want to call it, of um, the soap maker of Correggio. This is where it came from. Yeah. Um, according to her statement, quote, she ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white, and when it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne, and after a long time on the boil, I was able to, mo- to make the most acceptable creamy soap. I gave the bath to the neighbours and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That I gave as gifts to many of my neighbours. That woman was really sweet. Jesus. What a, what a gift. What a, what an amazing Thanks. gift to give your neighbor. My like some people take a casserole to their neighbor. Some people yeah. like no no she's just like here's here's this. Don't don't ask me where it came from. Just, just there you go. <laughs> Enjoy. I mean you wouldn't question it really, would you? Like if someone gave you some soap, you wouldn't be like No. Oh, well this is obviously human. Yeah. But that's not your first yeah, thought, no, really. True. So I guess true. it's... <laughs> Funnily enough, I have got a friend that runs a soap company. Um, and, and I might mention this story to him just to sort of say, you know, have you ever thought about this as an avenue? Just to clarify. You know, just, just to double check. Just to clarify, it's not uh, human. Listeners, <laughs> yeah, as far as we know, this is not the same kind of soap. No, no it definitely isn't. This person's business. <laughs> no, 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 no. You've got nothing no. to worry about. <laughs> it definitely isn't. Oh, God, I feel bad now. Josh, if you're listening, I know that your soap isn't made of humans. Um, Carlisle Soap Company, please go have a little look at their product. They're not made of human. They're made of all natural ingredients and they're very lovely. So go check them out. However, Chan Judy did make soap out of people um, and has admitted it to the police. From her third victim, Chanchili reportedly received 50,000 lira, assorted jewels, and public bonds. Damn. And she even sold all of her victims' clothing and her shoes. So considering that the only supposed reason she is making all of these sacrifices to protect her son who's gone off to fight in the war, she's made a lot of money out of these people. Uh, yeah, she's getting a lot <laughs> for protecting her son. Yeah, she she's definitely not. Maybe she's just opportunistic. Maybe she's just seen that there's a bit of money maybe. and some clothes, and maybe she just fancied, you know, 
making a little bit of extra cash on the side. Maybe she kept it to one side to give to her son when he got back. Who knows? Who are we to judge? Although at the same time, she is killing people and turning them to soap. So, yeah. <laughs> balance of probability, it's, it's she's not maybe a not the look. nicest person. I don't think she's, I don't think I'd want to like go around her house for a cup of tea because I'll probably be turned into a soap bar or, or something. Yeah. I mean, it's probably best yeah. to avoid her place and her shop. Um, she'll, she was selling the stuff in the shop. She'll, well. she'll be like, what do you think of the tea? And I'll be like, I could use a bit more. It could be a bit stronger. And then that'll be it. That, that, that'll be it. <laughs> like, okay. Cool. Okay. Okay. You fucking what? <laughs> you you think my tea is not strong enough? Soap. <laughs> yeah. you, soap. You, you, you're getting soaked. Just go, just go into this room, Dom. Uh, why? No, no. Just, just, just go. There isn't. Just go. Five. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> Ignore the basin. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's just caustic <laughs> soda. Not an issue. Don't worry. No problems here. Ignore the smell. Everybody's safe and happy. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and who knows how long this would have gone on for, perhaps indefinitely, um, if it hadn't been for the fact that Kachipo's, Kachipo's sister-in-law, um, Albertina Fanti, grew suspicious of her sudden disappearance and had last seen her entering Chanchuli's house. She reported her fears to the superintendent of police, who opened an investigation and soon arrested Chanchuli. Um, Chanjuli was not forthcoming with her confession. However, there was a point where the police believed that her son, um, her favourite son, the one that went to war, Giuseppe Pansardi, may be involved in the crime. At this point, she decided to very much spill the beans. She didn't want it when he was involved or that he had to do it or anything like that. So she um, she provided detailed accounts of what she'd done and she wanted to make it very clear that she did it, although she did it for her son, he was not to blame, you know, to do with it. Chanchuli was tried for murder um, in Reggio Emilia in 1946. Um, she remained unrepentant, going so far as to correct um, the account while on the stand. At her trial, oh, sorry, this is, this is a quote from, from the trial at the time. At her trial in Romania last week, okay. um, poetess Leonardo gripped the witness stand rail, gripped, sorry, gripped the witness stand rail with oddly delicate hands and calmly set the prosecutor right on certain details. Her deep set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner prize, pride as she concluded, quote, I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim the fat off the kettles, to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of the <laughs> Okay. How noble. It's fine then. It's fine. She oh, donated good. the yeah. she donated her um her bowl to to the war effort. It's fine. Let's just sweep oh, okay. uh, you know, the sweep the the cannibalistic stuff and sweep the soap making from humans under the rug. It's all fine. Yeah, don't, so, don't worry good. about that. Like, the soldiers probably need soap <laughs> as well. Maybe, yeah, maybe just it. give them some soap. Yeah, it's, you know, we yeah, balance yeah, this it. out. It's no big deal. Um, She's a true pillar of the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an absolute legend. Um, 
Chantini was found guilty of her crimes and sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. Um, she died of cerebral apoplexy in the Women's Criminal Asylum in Pozzuoli um, on the 15th of October 1970. Um, a number of artefacts from the case, including the pot in which the victims were boiled, are on display at the Criminology Museum in Rome. So if you fancy a day out when you happen to be in Rome, why not go have a look at a massive pot that, you know, have people that got made into soap in it? That'd be a nice day out. I couldn't think of anything better to do. You know, right? if you're like, I'm really stuck on what to do with a fir- what to do for a first date, that's your answer. You go to Rome. And you look at human soap making pots. That is, and you look at human soap making pots. That is god tier date behavior. If, if you take take a lady on your on their on your first date, if you take her to look at some human soap making um, utensils, and she does not stay, then just spin it off. Spin it off. We'll give not, you your money spin, back. No, no, like, no. Yeah, exactly. Be like, you know what? You know what? I'm 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 gonna go I'm gonna go and find someone else, you know. Yeah, she's not she ain't worth having. <laughs> if she's not she impressed by it. that, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things have been inspired um, by Chantilly's tale, um, but my favourite is the fact that a darkly comic play was written about her um, and first produced in 1979. Um, it began a run on Broadway in 1983. But the reason it's my favourite is because of the title of the play. Um, it's called Love and Magic in Mama's Kitchen. <laughs> because That's of course it is. Thing, is it? It's real. It's real. I promise you it's real. Um, and it, it's inspired. That's amazing. I mean, a Sweeney Todd's a real play. Granted, that's fictional, but that's a real play. So why not no, this? True. True. I guess. Um, true. That is wow. the story of I need to, Leonardo Chantilly. Like, see some clips of this uh, this thing of this play because that sounds right? amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, oh, I think it's dear. if it ever gets made over here, we should definitely go see it. You know, see that on the West End. Um, but yes, that is the story <laughs> of Leonardo Chantilly, the soap maker of Correggio. Um, so now that you're aware of the story. Do you wish you were, or do you wish you'd just been in blissful ignorance of it? That was wild. Um, uh, because I'm a sick puppy, I'm actually kind of glad I I know about it now. I found it, I found it entertaining, which I know sounds extremely strange. If you listen to this podcast, you're not going to find it strange because we we talk about things on this show that like nobody. No reasonable person would enjoy, but because we're us, we do. Um, but no, I, I found it was quite a fascinating story. Um, I, I just love how, like, this was all to protect her son. Um, you know, it's right. all, all to protect her, her boy. My mum my didn't do this to protect me. I feel shafted. <laughs> I feel cheated. Yeah, but you've but also that, not gone to I fight mean, in I'm, the war. I'm sorry. It's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, but. Well, uh, nobody made. My mum didn't make soap for you know. I'm joking, mum. Don't don't take this seriously. <laughs> um, don't listen to you're... that. <laughs> you did the best you could with this fucking problem, child. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> oh dear. Um she's listening to this whenever she listens to it and she's just like, Well, <laughs> looks like I have two sons, <laughs> not three. Um As she skims no, the was, ladles was... the fat off of a tub of uh soap. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was it was definitely an interesting case. Um, I had no idea about this woman. I had no idea about what she did. Um, so it's always it's always nice to learn something new, even though it's always horrific when it comes to this show. <laughs> if it's if we don't know about it, but uh, but yeah, it was yeah. very entertaining. Um, so yes, thank you for. Thank you for this little little gem of a bonus episode. It was very interesting, very intriguing. My pleasure. Not bad for a first one, eh? Not bad for a first one. Smashed it. Sing us out, Dom, if you can, if you want to. <laughs> I will <laughs> gladly see us out. Um, thank you for listening to this week's bonus episode. Um, I feel that this makes up for not being able to get a bonus episode out a few weeks ago. Um, I think we've uh, definitely more than made up for that. Um, we hope you enjoyed. Um, if you do want to support uh, our show, there are a variety, a, mul- a multitude, a smorgasbord, a, um, what's another word for many? An excellent selection. Help me out here, Amy. Thank you. An excellent selection um of uh ways that you can do that can follow us on instagram at horrorhouse underscore pod we are 30 followers away from 1000 so yeah you know get get following um and tell other people to follow um you can follow us on your podcast app of choice uh you can also leave us a review on spotify um sorry leave us a rating on spotify leave us a review on apple and the website um and of course put a little something in the Q&A section on Spotify give us a little message that we can read so it'll be lovely if you want to support us financially um there is the buy me a coffee link um and there's also the merch store as well um and also we can't forget about the discord server if you want to join us on discord the link will be in the show notes go and join the discord but all that's left to say from from me um is until next time um which is only going to be a few days because you're you're lucky lot we that's how much we love you um stay spooky stay spooky you soapy little that was aggressive sorry Got a lot of internal rage. What can I say? <laughs> oh my goodness me! Uh, right, I'm gonna. I'm, so I need some new soap. Does this woman have a website? Did did uh, descendants carry carry this on? <laughs> yeah. I wonder what it smells like. <laughs> oh God! Oh, that's a really good question. Oh no! 